Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Communication Mixed Down. The show that takes a critical look at contemporary media. And explores the way we use communication to make sense of the world around us. From social media to citizen journalism. To the logo on the front of your favourite T-shirt. It's all part of the Communication Mixed Down. Each week, Thursday, 6 to 6.30. Communication Mixed Down. Cranking up. Right here on 3CR. That's us, Communication Mixed Down. And in this edition, we head into the brave new world of blockchain. What it is, who's got it, where do you find it, and why do we need to be talking about it in the first place? Hello, I'm John Langer. But before we launch into the show, I'd like to introduce our new co-host, Stefan Schutt. Thanks, John. Nice to be here. And it has to be said that Stefan has already made an intervention in Communication Mixdown. He's the one who suggested that we have a look at blockchain and the vast social and cultural implications of this new technology and why it should be on the agenda today. And so that's what we're going to be doing. So, yes, when people hear the word blockchain, it's usually linked to Bitcoin or other cryptocurrencies. And that's partly because blockchain technology was first created for Bitcoin, but mostly because Bitcoin's been getting all the publicity of late. But more and more people are realizing that blockchain is actually about decentralizing record keeping. This decentralized system can radically change the way information is stored and controlled. And that can mean a big shift in power. So now we see blockchain making inroads across the social and cultural sectors as well as in the corporate world. So today we'd like to focus on the cultural sector. Sharon Orbell is the head of communications in a newly launched blockchain-based initiative located in the world of art. The organisation is called Art Chain Global, and Sharon is our special guest this week on Communication Mixdown. Welcome, Sharon. Hi, Stephen. It's lovely to be here. Thank you. So, yes, so Sharon, before we get to the connection between blockchain and the world of art, let's talk briefly about the technology itself. It's been called revolutionary, and I've heard it described as being, quote, at the heart of the fourth industrial revolution. How did you get your head around all of this? I've got to say it was challenging. So um, I would have thought maybe five months ago that cryptocurrencies, and I didn't even know blockchain existed really, I thought cryptocurrencies were the dark world. And I remember when my eldest son um, was talking about what he was going to do with some of his money and that he was buying Bitcoin, my heart sank. I literally thought, oh God, can't you buy a house? Can't you do something sensible? Um, And so... I had some trepidation as someone who didn't really have a concept of what cryptocurrencies were. You know, it was a a different world. And I suppose that's to do somewhat with my generation, but also because that's just not where my interest lay. My, My background is working in education environments, working around community festivals. I was on the board of Footscray Community Arts Centre. And in my spare time, I love to cook. So cryptocurrencies didn't figure big in that. (laughs) Um, 
And so, but I am a communicator and I had been working for the Melbourne Law School and um, my job was to market new ideas and concepts and, and right throughout my life I've always worked on new projects and found them challenging and interesting you know um, from new publications for young people to new music programs um, to bringing festivals into communities where they haven't been before and so to me it was a challenge to learn about it as quickly as possible which meant that I used YouTube in a way that it became my best friend. I um, started there looking on YouTube to work out what the hell blockchain was um, and then I kept being told it was a distributed ledger and that would have been fine if I'd had a financial background and understood what a distributed ledger was and um, that took took some time to get my head around why that was significant but when I brought it back to how databases work and how important data is in our lives and in a business sense too how important data is and how important it is to manage that data and protect that data it sort of began to click and um, I started reading lots of articles everything I possibly could that normalised what was something that was really challenging to me. And so at this stage, Sharon, what yeah. what is your understanding coming uh, into it yeah, of what a distributed what ledger is? is yeah. Okay. So normally when we store information or data, any organisation, and I, I can give you my perspective on it from having worked in universities and having worked with very big databases where protecting that information is essential, that there are lots of protocols around how you store that data, how you release that data. Um, but all that data sits on servers, usually within one environment. Sure, it is backed up, but it's easy to hack those databases. Um, it's also easy to um, to get glitches in those databases. Things go wrong, and you only have to look at what happened at RMIT several years ago to know that that puts any sort of business or public entity at risk. The way that data is stored under blockchain is revolutionary because it distributes where the data is held and there are protocols around validating that data so that unless all the different blocks in the chain agree, then the data isn't validated. So it it protects the transactions that take place. And a transaction might be as simple as entering some information on a record or it might be a transaction that relates to the transfer of a good or a purchase or the transfer of a piece of artwork. So it could be a monetary exchange or it could be a record exchange. So for that reason, it is really an important way of of keeping information. And, and I suppose it started to make sense when... Um, I, I don't know if you're familiar with logistics, but logistics is, a, as an, as having worked as an event organiser, logistics is my life. <laughs> um, you know, how you organise things and how you know that what you ask to happen is what actually happens. So when I read that, you know, industries such as logistics and finance were starting to look at taking the technology that sat behind cryptocurrency and applying it in a business sense to their industry, I actually understood why it was actually a game changer. Mm. And um, 
that gave me a lot more confidence in in you know the dark world started to become a little bit lighter um, the other thing that really helped it make sense in my mind was a conversation I had, funnily enough, with my husband where we were talking about what is currency. And currency is, you know, we believe that um, a coin in front of us or a dollar bill, um, uh, you know, or, or a $20 bill has value because we believe it has value. You know, for no other reason. The piece of paper is not actually anything significant. We put into that the value that we perceive and cryptocurrencies are no different it's just that it's in a virtual world and so um, talking to serious and conservative accountants around the art world and hearing them understand that you know this is the way of the future world because it goes across boundaries and and Mm. geography and that sort of stuff so that takes me to the next question which is really about how blockchain relates to that world of art what's the connection between distributed accounting, I guess, in one sense, and people who make art. Yep. So, um, look, when I was approached to work on this project, what I was struck by is it was a big idea. It it, It was a big idea that would need to have buy-in from a complex group of stakeholders. Um, and and the big idea was that um, we would create an ecosystem for the art world, a way in which different stakeholders within the art world would be able to interact and to track that interaction. Who, so, sorry, who were some of those stakeholders? Like yeah, a- so, so collectors and artists and galleries and um, public entities, so private and public galleries, auction rooms, um, all the you know emerging artists are different to established artists. All the different people who who appreciate and and have interaction with art, and they all have one thing that concerns them: is the work real? Does it have provenance? So provenance is the history that sits behind the art, the pedigree. You know, it's genetics, where it was created. What evidence do we have that says that artwork exists? You know, where it was exhibited, do we have photographs of it when it was developed in, you know, when it was painted in studio or created in in studio? Um, Where do those records sit? And and those re- provenance has always existed. It's always been the basis of trust within the art world, but also a difficult thing because the records currently exist in, as they always have, in uh, journals, in photograph albums, in some records, you know, records in galleries, um, on a myriad of databases, but no central collected source, and. It's challenging and it, and it becomes a real issue when a fake is put forward and, mm. and that affects the artist, it affects, it affects the credibility of the curator, it affects all sorts of people in the art world and this is a way of creating a solution to that. And so that's what your organisation, Global Art Chain, is about? Is- yeah. So so we're not the only one looking at this. There are others out there that are thinking about it. And it's a bit like the race for Facebook. Um, when, you know, new ideas, if they're good, we'll have other people looking at them, you know, and, and, and concurrently looking at them. Um, and... 
so we though the the group that I'm working for are in a good position because we sit in Australia and we sit on the edge of the Chinese market which is you know the third or fourth biggest transaction market for art now in the world and it's growing all the time um, and the benefit that we have being in Australia is that we sit under Australian governance and around the integrity of around how we do business and about the reputational um, management of how we do business in Australia. So it helps bring some propriety around what is a challenging concept to people to, to merge the world of cryptocurrencies and business through using a platform called blockchain. Um now, and I can think I... I've lost track of what I was answering, so I'm well, sorry. Well, you know what? Yeah. That's totally fine because yeah. we're going to go to a break and yeah. uh, we are Communication Mixdown and we'll be back with our special guest, Sharon Oberbell, just after this. During the 3CR Radiothon for 2018, Spoken Word presents an evening of live poetry featuring the outstanding talents of Jennifer Compton, Andy Jackson, Tariro Movondo and Kylie Supsky plus an open mic recorded for broadcast on 3CR, Tuesday 15th of May from 7pm at Grub Food Van, 87 Moore Street, Fitzroy. And all proceeds go to 3CR Community Radio. Help keep independent, progressive voices on the air. This week we're talking about blockchain, and some are calling it a revolution in decentralizing the story and distribution of digital information. Our guests... Sharon Orbell is the head of communications in a new blockchain initiative, Art Chain Global. So speaking, Sharon, at your company's recent launch at the National Gallery of Victoria, uh, an Australian artist called John Young, uh, he said blockchain will redefine originality, reproduction and value and challenge the 20th century frivolity in the mediatization of images. So I was wondering if you could explain maybe a little bit about John and what you think he might have meant by that comment. It's a big statement, isn't it? So <laughs> I probably can't do it justice, but I will tell you a bit about John. So John Young is um, has a Chinese-Hong Kong background, I think, so Cantonese background. He, um, I think, studied at the VCA, uh, the Victorian College of Arts, and he is regarded as, uh, as a very significant contemporary artist in the Australian art world. He works across digital painting... Um, he works a lot with photographic images and he tells stories through those images. And at the moment he's doing a, a very much a piece around immigrant Chinese Australians. It, it's beautiful work and, and, his, and the value of his work is, is at a premium. So I couldn't afford to own a John Young even if I really, really wanted to. Not without selling a kidney. So it's, <laughs> it's beautiful work. It's absolutely beautiful work. Um, we met John through a connection of ours who who was a senior curator for um, one of the prominent galleries in Australia, one of the prominent public galleries. She introduced us. And she introduced us because she understood John's intellectual engagement with technology around art and that's important because 
this is a challenging concept and um, it, it do, we do need some people to lead the idea. As with all communication, you need people to get it, to be able to convey the message to the stakeholders in language they understand. And, and John has credibility around that and, and so it's, we're really grateful that he understands what we're trying to do. So John does does quite a lot of digital work where he collaborates with other artists and where he takes images and he transforms them and makes them into something so beautiful beyond comprehension. Um, and he is his work relies on some digital footprint. It also makes it work that could be faked or could mm-hmm. be could could easily and not easily but could be challenged and he's working in in markets where i mean he there are very clever people out there who know how to take creative ideas and copy them and mm-hmm. you know so he so he could be vulnerable to that sort of exploitation so he understands the value of having ownership in terms of of being able to track the authenticity of his work and to be able to validate that. It's interesting too uh, because some cultures um, value copyright, if you want to call it that, differently mm. to others too, don't they? So there's a different different cultural kind of I think they, sense that comes to it I too. think they do and, and, and it is challenging because... Not only is uh, China one of the biggest markets now, but it's also one of the produ- biggest producers of art. And so, so there are challenges both for the collector and the artist because when you um, – and these are just anecdotal stories but, – but, but being able to know that the work that you are purchasing as a collector is either original or you know it's a copy, it's one of a set – it's not it's not the only one is important and there have been some challenging cases where collectors have invested um, serious money in buying artworks that they thought were one of rather than one of ten variations of coming out of some of the different markets so there is different value placed on on what copyright is so uh, in terms of the reactions that you've had from artists in general, particularly emerging artists. Um, Have you had a range of reactions from people around this? I mean, these businesses move pretty quickly. Um, And when I say these businesses, I mean working in the blockchain crypto world is a speed that I have never encountered as someone who works in communications ever before. So uh, you do things concurrently that normally you would do with 18 months, two years planning. Um, So we are having those conversations with artists at the moment. So where we're at in our business is we've launched the concept. We're developing the platform with Swinburne University. And whilst we're developing the platform with Swinburne, which we'll do in the next 12 months, we're talking to our stakeholders. So we're talking with 
the VCA um, to make reach out to emerging artists. You know, students when they graduate, we're talking to Footscray Community Arts Centre. We're having those conversations and. And the young artists that we're speaking to, and we go to everything uh, that we possibly can to make as much contact with as many people and we reach out to as many people as we can, um, is really positive because that's their generation. You know, unlike me, sitting in my, you know, in an older generation where I've learnt computers through my lifetime, you know, in my lifetime, it's moved from having to go into the GPO to send a fax and it takes two days um, to everybody having an iPad and communication being instantaneous. So that's a very different lifetime to instant gratification that we have now. So I... It is, a, I think, an easier take-up for, for emerging artists of a younger generation. But there are emerging artists in their 60s and 70s too, so we can't just say that all emerging artists are young people. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. generally, really positive, and we have... Uh, re, you know, we are actively every day talking to people from the um, Melbourne Art Foundation to the VCA to wherever to ensure that we get as much input to develop a system and platform that that is sensible and meets the needs of our stakeholders. Great. So speaking of those stakeholders, so yep. imagine that I'm a gallery owner. Mm-hmm. What what could blockchain mean for me? Yep. Um, in in the future, dealing with artists and and mm-hmm. the 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 market of art in general. Well, there's a couple of things. Um, one of them is exposure into new markets. So we're not just creating a platform that's for Australia. I mean, that's why we've got global in our name. Have a guess. Um, it, it, you know, and and. The vision is world domination around this sort of stuff, that that it will be something that is a must-have like Facebook is and, 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 and um, like Google is. Um, so what it would mean if I was a gallery, and, and let's talk about galleries. So, so we know that most, most private galleries are stretched on resources. They're stretched because it is a love. You don't do it for the money if you manage a small gallery. You do it because you really believe in art and you believe in the community. And so, you know, you manage databases that are difficult and clunky and when you have to find the provenance of an artwork, you are really working hard to get that information. Mm. I think they will have to work less hard to get the information they need and that they will have more assurance around the provenance of artworks. I also think that galleries will have more exposure into markets that were sometimes difficult to reach into across cultures. Great, fantastic. Now, uh, let me take the role of an artist who's emerging. So I'm maybe just graduated from, from, from an art course. I'm started to do my own work. I'm totally unfamiliar with blockchain. How would you convince someone like me to give it a go? Um, well, I suppose by a sensible conversation is is really you know i it's 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 not about a sales pitch you know it really is about you know what difference will it make to make your life easier in actually doing your work in getting your messages out there and ensuring that um that the 
sorry, that was my mobile phone buzzing in the background. It's on silent, but it obviously buzzes. Um, sorry about that. Um, you know, it is about a sensible conversation of these are these are the things that it could do, it can potentially do, but we have to we have to be careful about over promising. Um, and making sure that that we use the platform and get people to understand that it will make life easier and is an enabler rather than the dark lord. <laughs> you know. I mean, I guess one of the interesting things is that is that you know um, artists and com- and the idea of commerce don't often go together. Maybe, but but maybe it's about, look, if I'm an emerging artist and I want to use it, one of the challenges that we have these days is that, uh, you know, as you as your work appreciates, as it does if, if, if you, you're an, a credible artist, that tracking the royalties, tracking the usage, being aware of that is hard work, you know. And when, and I know as a creative person that, you know, when I'm focused on doing something creative, I don't want to talk about anything else. I don't want to be involved in any of that. I don't want to hang out the washing or do the housekeeping or the stuff that ticks the business over. And I think that, that you know, that's where the benefit is, is in this. And I think there's some sense in that. And whilst artists are in art for the art, for the creative fulfilment that it brings, there, there is... There is nothing that says you can't be fed and watered and you've got to generate an income somehow and if this enables you to do that in a simpler way so that you can focus on what really matters, then that's where the benefit is. Well, that looks like a fantastic place to finish the interview today. Sharon, thank you so much for chatting with us tonight. Yeah. And uh, we've been talking with Sharon Orbell and she's the head of communications with a blockchain initiative called ArtChain Global. And if you're wanting to follow up with a bit more information about blockchain and about Art Chain Global, we're going to put the links on the 3CR Communication Mixdown website along with a podcast of this show. That's it for us, Communication Mixdown, for another week. And we'll be back next Thursday.